Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Are you driven by your to-do list? Well, I must admit, I do love to see the check marks on the piece of paper. Yes, day, but yes. for some reason, they seem to multiply the list. Just when I think it's done, the list, you know, just multiplies without me even trying to make it And do I think that. that's a common denominator for women. I mean, you, you just, you hear that so much, how... Uh, you know, they might see their spouse hanging out on the, the couch and go, how does that happen? Like, how do you find that time in your day to actually just sit down, be still and relax? Because you're doing you, the dishes, you're, you're doing oh, yeah. homework. You you're wake doing... up in the morning and it like literally you're possessed by your to-do list and you're going through, you know, from the moment you take a shower, then you're getting the breakfast ready, then you're making lunches and you're signing field trip passes and you're getting the kids out the door. Then you have I'm to check your emails to you. and you have to do your grocery shopping and then you know, yet alone if you're trying to get to work during the day and then you're back again just in that, you know, cycle. And you always say it, life is so daily and it it is, it's like, okay, I want to get ahead. And I I remember at one point, my sisters and I, we were laughing that, okay, just clean out like one cabinet a day or one drawer a day. And that sounds like such a simple task, but you always have something else that is just taking priority to, you know, rather than focusing on that one little other task, because we're just, we we wear all these hats and we multitask all the time. So that is, I I love, there's a saying, are you aware of acting more like a human doing than a human being? And that is quite the challenge. So before we get too far into our show, you are listening to Girlfriend at Radio with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, where we rally you to do the remarkable through resources and relationships. And we're going to have more information about today's show and other tips and tricks on our website at girlfriendit.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Well, let's talking about all this to do and being a human being rather than a human doing. I can't think of a better guest that has really, you know, explored this topic and written about it and has really inspired and impacted so many over the years, including us. Our guest, Joanna Weaver, is known the world over for her transparent and life-changing books, Having a Merry Heart in a Martha World, Having a Merry Spirit, and her recent book, Lazarus Awakening and at the Feet of Jesus Devotional. These books have sold over a million copies and have been translated into several languages. Her articles have appeared in such publications as Focus on the Family, In Touch, Guideposts, and Home Life. But Joanna's greatest joy is found in being a wife and mother and her role as a pastor's wife. And we are truly honored to welcome our new girlfriend, Joanna, to our show today. Hi, Joanna. Hello, Joanna. Hey, it's so great to be with you guys. 
Well, it is really fun to be with you. And I have to, this is Lisa, I have to jump into a funny story because it's the little details in life that kind of trip me up sometimes. And <laughs> a, a couple years ago, we were, uh, my husband is also, he's a senior pastor, and we were leading a life group of leaders. And we, uh, one evening, and we were over there. And so I am quite the, the Gabby one, the social one, liking to work, you know, around and, and, and gather and get people. And we had a gal in our, in our group that was highly that, totally a Martha, you know, highly task oriented. So my husband's trying to round, rally everybody. Let's sit down and get, get going because it's taking a lot of time. And so um, she's trying to rally. And so I'm sitting there. And so I say to my friend, I go, what did I say even now? You, said, I'm Mary. you said Mary, Mary. I go, Mary, Mary, Mary. <laughs> and my husband looks at me and he goes, or Martha, Martha, Martha. <laughs> and I got the two names mixed up because I, and so now, like I just said, I don't even remember which one is the Mary Hart and the Martha world. I, cause I got it so confused. And so we just started laughing so much because I, I said it very confident, you know, like, Mar- you know, Mary, Mary, Mary. So anyway, it really has had a huge impact. I just don't get the names right. So anyway, um, we always laugh about that. So. I'll try to do my best to get that that detail right. But uh, in your book, Having a a Merry Heart in a Martha World, you've really stimulated a lot of conversation about the doing rather than the being. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Go ahead. (laughs) We can talk here. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, no, no. I love it. You know, it it really is that because I think all of us, um, though we would love to worship like Mary, uh, you know, I mean, who's going to do the dishes and who's going to cook dinner and who's going to do the three zillion things that we have to do as women? And and so when I really looked into the lives of these two sisters, I, I realized that God, Jesus wasn't saying, um, Martha, stop being who you are. He was just saying, honey, there's a time to work and there's a time to worship. And when the bread of life is sitting in your living room, please Please don't be busy, so busy in the kitchen that you miss what I've come to bring you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is such a challenge because we, I know for me, you see so much around you. And I tend to kick into the just one more thing, just mm-hmm. one more thing. And you, you pick up and you want yeah. it to be yeah. just right. And I can only imagine having, especially Jesus there, I, I want to say I would be Mary. And just sit and glean. But I do have a hard time sitting still because you see so much around and you want to make Make the, yeah. the setting, the experience just right because you do have, like you said, the bread of life sitting there. And so it would be easy to kick into that. Yeah. Well, especially when you. Oh, totally. About, yeah. Jesus is there right now. And we still so many times don't choose to just sit at his feet and, and be still. And I, I have to tell you, uh, it's, it's funny um, looking back at my funny story with the, the Mary and the, and the Marthas is that I had your book, Having a Mary Heart in a Martha World, um, way back when, and I can't even remember which child it was that uh, was just a toddler. And I would keep your book on the washing machine just because as I was doing laundry, <laughs> it would go through the devotion. And so even that is comical that I couldn't just sit and be still and have that quiet time that I had to have it. Devotion on the go. Devotion on the go. I was doing laundry. So it's, it's Hey, but I call that creativity. You know, <laughs> I, I'm not sure that the, that the Lord is offended by that as much as we are. You know, I, I think we have this preconceived idea about what intimacy with him looks like. And, I'm just coming to believe more and more that really the sweetest thing I can do is just invite him into my day, 
to just be aware of him, to commune with him as I'm folding laundry, as I'm doing my duties, because life doesn't um, make room for the quiet time. We definitely have to choose it. But so often, I I was just talking to my daughter-in-law this morning about this, how we have a preconceived idea of what it should look like. And because we can't just do it perfectly, if you're like me, we tend to not do it at all. And um, I'm just, I, I still am really, I struggle in the area of a disciplined, sit-down, quiet time with the Lord. But rather than being um, so condemned by it that I don't do anything, I'm just learning to do what I can and then also to to persevere in carving out time with the Lord and, and starting little but letting it grow and grow and grow. And so I would just say to all those girls out there that are like, yeah, wow, I can't even manage it during the laundry, you know, find times like you did, Lisa. I think that's beautiful. Don't don't be condemned by that. Start small. Let your spiritual hunger grow, and you'll find it just a natural thing to carve out more time because you'll want it. And we tend to make time for the things that we want. Absolutely. And and that's, um, I know Lisa and I, we pray that, that our kids will just crave getting into God's Word. Yeah. And it's harder now. My, my kids are still at home, and I watch them with technology. Um, they'll yeah. sit there at the breakfast table, and they'll, you know, grab their iPod. They'll start playing a game. They, and we're, like you said, just inviting him into your world through the day. Like, you know, when I'm running, it's this great prayer time when, so we, you carve it in more, but now in, with the younger generation, when technology is right there, that distraction is so much easier and trying to help your children go, no, you, you really do have that spiritual discipline because it's really easy to be distracted and grab just that quick game for every second is, is filled, mm-hmm. you know, and... I, th- I think you make a really important point, you know, to where we don't walk in condemn- condemnation for it, but at the same time, how Lord, how can we be mothers that help shape our children um, to have that just as a part of their life, as natural as breathing? And that's going to take some purposefulness. But I, but I do think, again, let's not set ourselves up to fail. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my idea of a quiet time was I had to be an hour of Bible study, an hour of prayer, and then I really should go door-to-door witnessing, right? You know? Mm-hmm. And so I would make it so huge that I, I would almost set myself up to fail. Um, so modeling, hey, you guys, you know what? Let's, um, let's just use that first 10 minutes of breakfast just to talk about the scripture or, or finding a way to just bring it into their day. Because really spiritual hunger is the opposite from natural hunger. You know, it's not until we eat spiritually that we discover how hungry we are. And, mm-hmm. and so how can, we, how can we whet their appetite for more of Jesus? Mm-hmm. Well, and I think a lot of us grew up with more of the rules of it and mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, and there was a lot of guilt in that. Yeah. I know I, I can tend to still feel guilty, like, okay, what is appropriate? How, what does it really look like? And what does it should it look like? You want I, someone like, to tell you exactly how much time. Well, you, you almost need, need permission. Yeah. And, and then we've been so conditioned. We talk about this legalism, Patty and I do. It's like, we didn't think we had a lot of legalism in our background growing up as kids, but you, you realize you really do. And then it is freeing when somebody says, you know what, you don't have to have this carved out 
same time every morning for an hour quiet time because already like you said Joanna, you set yourself up for failure and then you're already defeated in your mindset and so it's like how do we create like you said what the appetite so it's a joy to go spend time with jesus well and uh yeah craving his word rather than i know at one point lisa and i work with a lot of gals in the sex industry and there was a gal who had formerly been um, a prostitute, and she said, I just went from one relationship with a pimp to discovering Jesus and just seeing him now as a pimp. And I remember being so offended, going, I cannot believe you just called God a pimp. And yet that happens. And I just realized we're getting the countdown going into a commercial break. So we are going to take a quick break and continue our conversation with Joanne Weaver. We'll be right back. This is Girlfriended on Toginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. It's not just time for a change, is it? It's much bigger than that. Can you feel it? It's time for a transformation. Will you now imagine that you can and will transform your life? Will you suspend your disbelief and imagine that all things are not just possible, but probable? Imagine that you will meet guides, mentors, and trusted friends who believe in you, hold your hand as they point the way, and teach you to trust your own wisdom. The first of these friends is spiritual girlfriend Gail Carruthers. Gail will show you how to believe. Believe your perfect divine wisdom will reveal your worthiness. Believe that knowing your power will open your boundless courage. Courage to live consciously, fearlessly, and joyfully. And then know, know all these things are already here and waiting for you to bring them into your divine life. She is here to help you discover, believe, and know. So join Gail, your spiritual girlfriend, every Friday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Welcome back. 
back to our show and our conversation with best-selling author of over one million books, Joanna Weaver. And Joanna, I, I have to say, we had to like hurry off into a commercial break, but we left it right there where we said, God is a pimp. And I just want to unpack that. <laughs> It was. It was. You might want to clarify. Yeah, just to clarify for those of you that just hopped onto the show, um, it was just (laughs) interesting because this gal. It. It. I actually needed to hear that because when you hear something that's so strong and um, wow, I out of the box. Yeah, so out of the box that I just saw God as my pimp, and it was like, oh, I can't believe you said that out loud, and then you realize. That we we get caught up in that. It's about doing what what are we um, yeah. what are we doing for God rather than just being and just allowing God to love you. And um, ever since I heard her say that, it's it's really helped me even in sharing that with others. That so many times we do get caught up almost as if you're not going to get the blessings unless you're continuously. Um, uh, providing results, you know, like you said, Joanna, you know, it's like, okay, I've got to read the Bible for an hour. I've got to, you know, go in the closet and pray for an hour. And then I need to be out, you know, going door to door. It's like, what I need in results, you know, in order to, to bring it to the Lord. But what are some tips that, that you have, Joanna, where we can get out of that conditioning, especially the, the culture that we live in, um, to kind of move away from that? I think the thing that changed it for me um, was just a little bit of a mind shift and realizing that that God did not choose me to use me. Uh, He chose me to know me. You know, he he longs for relationship. And, you know, that's sort of become uh, just another phrase in Christianese. But really, when you think about it, honestly, he was so passionate for a people to call his own. And um, he followed Adam and Eve out of the garden and continued to woo them, continued to call them to himself. And I, and I really believe that through Jesus Christ, he wants to restore that garden of Eden intimacy where we walk and we talk with him, where, he's, where we have this relationship with him. And honestly, that's been a lifelong journey for me. I, I'm a recovering Pharisee. You know, even though I was raised in a grace-filled home, in a grace-filled church, I picked up this idea that it was all up to me. And and I, and so I was always feeling like I never measured up, that I was never enough. Um, either that or I was feeling so proud of myself, you know, <laughs> that I was so wonderful. And the enemy just, either way, whether he beats us up with guilt or, or he messes us up with pride, he just has one goal, and that is to keep us out of intimate friendship with God. And so part of it is allowing there to be a mind shift, that this is not a duty, but this is a delight. I mean, you guys are all about the girlfriends, right? You're all about, hey, let's just hang out and have a cup of coffee and let's just share our hearts. What if we really understood that that is exactly what God longs to have with us? And what if we approached his word rather than a, a list of do's and don'ts as, as really a love letter? And so for me, part of it was starting to read the Bible slower rather than just getting through it because I thought that was my spiritual duty. Um, really thinking about what the word of God was saying. Um, journaling has been a huge, huge um, leap forward in my friendship with God. Not diary, not perfect journaling. I'm a um, I'm not a, a great, consistent journaler like I'd like to be, 
But I'm learning is when I open that page and I just pour out my heart to the Lord, say, here's where I'm at, this is what I'm feeling, or Lord, here's my to-do list, and I am so overwhelmed. Um, Again, inviting him into my day and then opening the word and reading smaller portions, uh, reading only until he speaks something to my heart and and then um, writing that out and then responding to it. Uh, Just that has made the Bible come alive to me. Because it really is, um, I love the Hebrew word for Bible is mikra, and it means God's calling out to us. And so if I would read that as him calling out to me and then then begin to pray back to him what he's talking to me about, like, Lord, I read in First Peter that you want me to be slow to speak, slow to anger, and quick to listen. And, oh, Lord, that's such a challenge for a, a verbally profuse girl like me. But, Lord, I know I need it. Show me what that looks like. All of a sudden, I'm not just reading the Word, but I'm responding to the Word, and I'm giving it a chance to change me. And that's really been such a, a huge step in my intimate walk with Him. But, but it has required that I have to make time for that. And so we circle back around to this whole idea. He's not asking for us more than we can do, but He is asking that we would prioritize our relationship with Him. And so I, I just suggest starting out five or ten minutes a day, you know, just opening the Word. Um, I found that trying to have a consistent time in a consistent place helps me. You know, it doesn't, it's not something God requires, but it helps me to keep it at the forefront of my mind. Um, and then start small but begin. You know, start small but begin and just see how your hunger is going to grow. Well, I think... So a lot of times we've been conditioned that there's a a formula and there's a right formula and there's a formula. And the right formula that we think is the right that we've been, then we've been taught or we've been, you know, told there's so much guilt involved when we can't stay to that formula because we can't. And we need permission from others. Like what you're saying to go, it's okay. Start small, do this. It's about the relationship. It's not about the rules. And that has been a hard thing. It's, it's, it's hard so many times to receive love and, and to really understand, like Patty was saying, we work with a lot of women, you know, and even in the sex industry that have been abused, they don't even have a good father figure in their life. So to tell God's their heavenly father, they don't even know what to do with that. And even for, those of us who believe it's like some so many times we don't even know how to receive God's love because we've been so busy in the doing of life not the receiving of his mm-hmm. love and to even feel worthy to receive that that's a whole nother conversation how did you even from your research and just you yeah. know having the Mary's heart what did you discover and and how just to take time to be still that is a discipline yeah well I think I think it started uh, by coming to the end of myself, you know, where um, I was a pastor's wife. We had a double portfolio of children and music, and I'd go to bed at night thinking of all the things I should have done and didn't do and all the things I'd done and not very well. And uh, and I would just lay there just feeling so, so defeated. Finally, one night, I just began to cry, just weep. And I I told my husband, and I meant it from my heart. I wasn't being cynical or sarcastic. But I said, John, can you tell me the good news? Because I honestly couldn't remember. I knew I had heaven one day, but I couldn't remember what was so good about the good news right here and right now because all I knew was nothing I did was ever enough. 
And, and honestly, as hard as that was, I'm so glad that God did not reward my striving and my doing and my busyness because had he rewarded it, I would have never come to understand or at least catch a deeper glimpse of what grace is. And grace is simply this, not what I have done, but what God has done through his son, Jesus Christ, that the doorway has been opened to relationship with him. The veil has been torn in two so that every single one of us can walk into his presence. But when I came to the end of myself and realized, you know, to my utter shock that I wasn't enough, that was the, that was the stepping stone into relationship. But, but for me, that was being willing to do it imperfectly. And I think that's hard for us. We want to perform. We really do have the Pharisee in us. It doesn't matter where you were raised, whether you, you came out of sex trafficking or you were a good girl raised in the church. We all have a pharisaical nature that wants to somehow earn what we receive rather than just receive what we could never earn. And, and I think that's the first step of just going, okay, wow, I don't get it. I can't wrap my head around it. But, Lord, I'm going to believe that what you did was enough, that your arms are wide open. You're not, you're not standing back with your arms crossed. You're welcoming me. And so, Lord, I'm going to come. I, I may mess up, but I'm going to come. And, and for me, that has just been a lifelong journey, you know, of fits and starts, to be honest. Uh, um, some, di- some days um, I wake up and it's the first thing on my mind and there's periods of great consistency. And then there are moments where life gets busy and, and I tend to coast and in God's mercy, he allows me to coast. And I, I haven't had a regular sit-down time with him. It doesn't mean that I'm not thinking of him or that I'm not praying, but that regular sit-down time uh, gets pushed to the side and forgotten. And in his mercy, he allows me to coast, but then in his mercy, he allows me to hit a brick wall, and I realize how desperately I need him. And so I come back to that place where, oh, God, in you, I live and I move and I have my being. There's nothing that really is, is apart, done apart from you that matters. And so I'm brought back to his, to his feet once again, and that's my journey. Um, I, I would say that rather than this long, straight, upward climb towards Christian perfection, mine has been more a series of loops <laughs> and cycles where I do well for a while and then I fall off and then I get back on and I do well for a while and then I get it back off. But here's the deal. Rather than just cycling in the same spot, my loops are moving upward. Mm-hmm. And I think, honestly, God understands that about our nature and he welcomes it and he says, just just keep looking to me. I love you. I receive you. Every time you keep coming back, I'm ready and I'm waiting. I'm not going to withhold my good from you just because you didn't do so well with it the last time. I want to give you everything you need if you'll just sit at my feet. Well, there's so much there. And it goes back to even how our own view of God. How do we see God? Do we see him as a disciplinarian that cannot wait to to condemn us and to strike us when we fail? Or do we really see him as that loving Heavenly Father wanting to guide us and and just shower his grace and his mercy on us? Well, we're going to have to take a break. And as we go into our our next break, we want to ask all of our listeners, do you have more of a merry heart or you live more like Martha? Are you more of a doer or do you make time to just be? 
Well, we're going to take a quick break, and when we return, we're going to continue our conversation with best-selling author Joanna Weaver. And uh, Joanna, we want to kind of shift gears a little bit and go into talking about your newest book, um, which is Lazarus Awakening. We'll be right back, and take. Uh, we'll be right back. <laughs> This is Girlfriend on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90-plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a -a one-of-a-kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like-minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Get the competitive edge and take your success to the next level with the Gold Medal Success Show and your host, Forrest Fisher, six-time U.S. National Gold Medalist. Tune in every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Central, 6 Pacific, here on the Rockstar Radio Network as Forrest gives you access into the mindset of true champions and helps you apply these success principles to your life and business for immediate results. Each show will feature guest athletes and business experts who have achieved tremendous success and are ready to share their stories of struggle, glory, tragedy, and triumph, revealing tips and strategies Forrest and these guest experts use to propel themselves to world-class success. Many people live their whole lives wanting more. The Gold Medal Success Show will demonstrate that anyone can have a more fulfilling and satisfying life when they put a few basic principles into play. Make every day game day. With the Gold Medal Success Show, each Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Central, here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a bug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Joanna Weaver is the best-selling author of Having a Merry Heart in a Martha World, Having a Merry Spirit, Lazarus Awakening, and the award-winning gift book with this ring. And her newest book is Lazarus Awakening, Getting God's Love from Our Heads to Our Hearts. Well, Joanna, we're going to kind of shift gear. Give, <laughs> you have the stutter problem, too. <laughs> we're going to shift gears um, here. And you see that we all know Jesus loved Mary. Uh, just just by even looking how, at how she worshipped and how we can understand why he loved Martha and, after all, how she served. But what about those of us who don't know where we fit in the heart of God? Can you kind of give us some clarity there? You bet. You bet. Well, um, I had spent so many years with Mary and Martha, and, you know, in that I looked at the story of Lazarus. But um, there was uh, there was just this aspect that had never made it into the book, and that was that whole idea of, 
you know, a lot of women, I'll say, are you a Mary Martha? And they really don't know which one they are. They don't feel like they're a worshiper. They don't feel like they're a, um, a server. To be honest, they, they just sort of feel locked down and shut up and just um, even maybe a little dead inside. And as I began to think about this whole idea of Lazarus and our preconceived ideas of what it takes for God to love us, I was realized that the only, I, I was reminded that the only thing of any significance that Lazarus did was die. <laughs> and yet before we even meet the man really, before we hear of anything that he did in scripture, we're we're given this clue as to his relationship with Jesus in John chapter eleven. It says the sister sent word, Lord, the one you love is sick. And just this realization that that it isn't about a personality type. It's not about what we do for God. It's the fact that God has put his hand on us and he's chosen us and he says, I want to know you. And um, out of that, just kind of exploring those places where where we kind of get stuck in our Christianity. I mean, we've received Jesus as our Savior. Our spirits have been made alive. But we kind of live with one foot in the tomb and one foot in new life. And so just using the metaphors of tomb dwelling and and kind of the mid-chamber living that we do um, where, we're, where we're just not really assured that it's safe enough to step out there and really embrace the abundant life and the, uh, the in, uh, eternal, incredible life God has for us. We sort of hold back. Sometimes those tombs that we live in have been from trauma um, of the past or, or even um, maybe paralyzed at a past, of, past pain or betrayal. Sometimes it's just um, the enemy of our soul doesn't want us to believe that we're worthy of all that Jesus came to bring. And so um, just I just talk about how to roll away the stones that kind of block us in and hem us in and shut us down. Um, I talk about the grave clothes that tend to trip us up, the patterns and the behaviors that we go to. So it's it, it was just a wonderful vehicle to just really explore what it means to, to be fully alive and to really embrace everything that Jesus called us forth into. Mm-hmm. I, I like that word awakening. It, there's something yeah. just kind of refreshing about that because like you said, we, we all can have one foot in a tomb and there's a part of our spirits yeah. or souls yeah. that we allow to kind of die to, to become numb. Well, like you said, whether yeah. from an experience or maybe something somebody has said to us or an expectation somebody has yeah. put on us yeah. and it, it really does shut us down. And yet, God is calling us forward like he called Lazarus forward and he wants to awaken a part of us. And I just so appreciate that just the terminology you use and the metaphors with that, because we can all relate to that. Mm -hmm. And it's a good place to go to and go, okay, where am I in this? Am I allowing, do I have more, am I more dead than alive? Do I need God to, to awaken me and to call Mm -hmm. forth? I, I love that, you know, Jesus calls him forward and, and he responds and Jesus does call. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing that is, you know, as I just kind of meditated on the scripture, you know, I, I mean, Lazarus, you know, when you think about it, Jesus could have just spoke the word uh, and without the tomb, without the stone being rolled away, um, without Lazarus having to shuffle forth, still bound in grave clothes, he could have just appeared fully alive and sparkling brand new clothes. But instead, it was a process. And really, I, I began to realize that it's kind of the process of our salvation. You know, we hear Jesus call our name, and we have to respond. You know, we have to be willing to shuffle forth 
and, and respond to that call, Lazarus could have stayed where he was. But he obeyed the voice of God. He shuffled forth. And yet there was still the trappings of death. And I don't know about you guys, but I kept, ex- I kept expecting that somewhere along the way I would have been made perfect by now, you know, <laughs> that, that I still wouldn't have grave clothes clinging to me. And so the fact that I wasn't suddenly perfect really messed me up. And I, I had this idea that everyone else had it figured out. I was the only one who who couldn't quite get it. And so then really what was wrong with me and why couldn't I live this abundant life? When I, when I look at that as a metaphor for salvation, I think it's so powerful that, that, that the instant we respond to Jesus' voice and receive him as our Savior, we are made, immediately made fully alive in our spirit. That's mm-hmm. the part where, where 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that the old is gone and the new has come. But the rest of us, our, our mind, will, and emotions, this shell, this body we live in, it has yet to be evangelized. And so that's where we have to, that's the process of sanctification, of, of allowing the life of Jesus Christ to infiltrate every place. And it is a process. And, and so rather than throwing up our hands and just saying, well, I guess I'll just hold on to heaven, being willing to let God um, have access to those tombs, be willing to, um, I, I use the metaphor of the stone, be willing to unroll, to roll away the stone of unforgiveness, those things that we've kind of just, we've, we're the ones who built the tomb. We're the ones who self-protected and pulled back. Be willing to forgive and, and step back into life, the stone of um, unworthiness and feeling like um, we're not worthy of God's love, and so we never really accept his love, and, and the stone of unbelief where we really don't believe that God is big enough to bring beauty out of our ashes, that we're really just kind of stuck in just this mid-chamber living until heaven at least. And I, and I think that that's such a tragedy because then the enemy is able to hem us in and shut us down and close us off and, and keep us from not only living life but really interacting with all the people that he puts in our way, path to bring them new life as well. Well, I, all those words that you're, that you're using there, I love that. Cause if, if I were to, I'm a listener out there just taking those tips, those are all action words and, um, you can get caught up in, I know for me, when I was baptized at 14, my mom was continuously saying, you know, Jesus came that we could have a life and have that life abundantly. And she was always, you know, you're going to be joy filled and you're this and that. So when I was baptized, I really did expect for, you know, heavens <laughs> to just open yeah. and the angels would be of like trumpets yes. in my ear. I had this huge expectation of what was going yeah. to happen. And instead, I was just like this embarrassed 14-year-old girl that this white robe was sticking to, oh, my word, I think yeah. they can see my bra and underwear <laughs> through it all. Yeah. And yeah. I was in a state of, oh, I'm so humiliated and oh. And I was really disappointed from um, my that time of being baptized. And to be able, like you said, to to process all that, to know it wasn't just going to be this immediate, you know, now you're filled with the Holy Spirit and all these fun, exciting things and this abundant life and the the action words that are there that you're saying you have to allow God to work and you have to believe, you have to process. You're you're the one that's you're you're literally in motion 
um, rather than just that apathy to go, well, why isn't God doing yeah. this? And why is God allowing this to happen? And why is God? And it really is an action even in our, our attitude of how we are viewing mm-hmm. it. We don't like the word process because we like we live no. in a culture of instant gratification and we want instant results yeah. and we want it now in real time. And so the, the thought of a process going, what do you, you know, what do you mean this is going to take time? I don't want it to take time because I have other things I need to yeah. do, which goes back to our to-do yeah. list yeah. syndrome. And yeah. so it's a vicious circle, but it's just being still in the moment, like you said, Joanna, and just, um, you know, just basking in Jesus' love in that moment and realize, okay, this is going to be a journey that I'm on. And it's going to, you know, little baby steps and sometimes steps backward, but it's like, just keep moving forward in that. And well, even the action of journaling, that is so hard. I am, I am not one that, that wants to journal because I, it's like, oh, by the time I write this down, I could have this, this, and this done. Right. And so that is a huge challenge for me because I, I understand. I try to journal and I try to just, and what I, I find myself doing is because I, I'm one of those that's not focused on details and I write it in sound bites and then I come back and look at it and I go, what was, what was I thinking? What is it? What is sound bites? What does this even mean? So I think that is a great challenge um, for our listeners to just... Oh, I know. And, you know, honestly, I mean, just the word journaling, I know causes some people to break out in hives. You know, I... I get that, and and I I don't want to put God in a box and say that that's how He always works, but I I would just encourage people to at least give it a try, especially if you're if you kind of feel like mm, I think maybe I'm I'm in a tomb right now. Um, to be honest, journaling when you're hurting can be one of the hardest things to do. Uh, journaling through pain can be really difficult. But, but if you can approach it more as, this is just my, my conversation with the Lord. Uh, my journal is not, today I did such and such, and I read in the Bible that God said, my journal is, oh Lord, you, I'm feeling so overwhelmed, and I don't even know where to begin to get some forward movement in my life. Um, Lord, you know what I need. I need wisdom. I need clarity. And I just pour out my heart to him like the psalmist says. You know, really, the psalms are really David's journals, you know, of just going, here's where I am. I'm really mad, and I, I wish that you would get even with my enemies, but even now I put my hope in you. You know, it's, it's a chance to just pour out our heart, but then bring God's truth to the equation and, and to kind of bring our mind back into captivity and bring it obedient to Christ through his word. And and the big thing is, you know what? Hey, listen, even the sound bites, this is really just about you pouring out your heart to God. So the fact that when you come back to it, it may not fully make sense, that, that maybe isn't as important as just getting honest with God. Um, I would encourage those listening, though, make sure that you record what the Lord is saying to you. It might be a sermon you hear. Maybe there's something that's been said on this radio program that you just need to jot down, uh, um, a quote in a book or, or just an encouragement from a friend. Write it down. Capture it. Because I think one of the things that journaling has helped me do is, you know, in James where it says that you, we look, we both hold our face. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to continue talking um, about all of this. Stay with us. This is Girlfriend on Toginet. 
Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Get ready to live la bella vita with Dawn Catherine on Toginet.com. Live la bella vita. If you're wanting to know all the beauty tricks of the trade and the latest fashion trends before everyone else, this is your show. If you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, this is your show. Do you love wine and want to know more about the process it takes to make wine from the vine to the bottle? This is your show. Live la bella vita. For more on the show and your host, check out our website, labellavitacosmetico.com. This is the kind of show you can sink your teeth into. If you enjoy traveling and food and family, all with an Italian flair, then you can live La Bella Vita with your host, Dawn Catherine. Wednesday nights at midnight, 11 p.m. Central, on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. We are back with and wrapping up our time with Joanna Weaver and a great conversation and tips on living with a Mary's heart and a Martha world. And now I want to touch on a different thought. We're going to just... Um, Kind of switch gears again here, Joanna, and I have to ask you the question of who inspires you? Mm. Well, that's such a good question. You know, there's so many people who inspire me. You know, uh, I have a hero named Nita Niles who is just, to me, the epitome of a quiet and gentle spirit and uh, who just loves and gives mercy and whose husband finally came to the Lord at 62 years of age after she just loved him with, and without a word, she didn't force him. And so that's, that's an, a role model. Um, I, I, love, I love some of the women that God's placed uh, in the Christian world to speak truth and teach the Word of God. And um, Beth, Meyer, Beth Moore always is one of my heroes and inspires me to just fall in love with Jesus and be passionate about His Word. Um, my mother... Just uh, she has done nothing of significance that the world might see except raise three kids who love Jesus and and to love her husband in such a way that it's um, still one of the sweetest love stories I've ever seen and who's facing surgery next Thursday and uh, possible diagnosis of cancer and yet has chosen to abide in the peace that the Lord has provided. Um, I think I'm just inspired by women who are willing to go beyond who they are to just love Jesus 
and just live dependent on him. That probably is the woman that inspires me most. Mm. It's it's interesting uh, just saying that about your mom, that raising three children that um, are just in love with the Lord. And Lisa and I were just having this conversation because her um, son and daughter-in-law are now in taking in uh, foster kids and how just, and I, I don't say just doing that, like, oh, that's nothing. But right. when, when you think of that as a parent, bringing in more children into your home to love on them and show them Christ's love, what, what an impact you're making on the world. Yeah. One more, <laughs> one more. And um, I, I love that. And, and so many times, even our, our listeners, they think, oh, you know, I'm, I'm just, I, I, I work at home and I'm a stay-at-home mom. And that has such an impact, such an yeah. impact. And we live in a culture that me- measures results in the masses. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how many likes, how many followers, how many, yeah. you know, people to reach. And we, you know, the mega. And, and it's like, that isn't the measure of success, according to Jesus, like you mm-hmm. said, the the women who most inspire you are the ones that, like you said, who are living beyond themselves and just embracing their calling for what God has placed on their life and just in the ordinary moments of life. And they inspire us. And and that is just our challenge just to embrace the ordinary moments of life and allow an extraordinary God to to empower you and, and to allow to multiply your influence. And we, we just, it. it's easy to get off track so many times in, in our culture and what really is success and what what inspires and so that is just, that's even encouraging to know it's just you doing what God's calling you to mm-hmm. do and doing it well and being faithful in it how God multiplies that mm-hmm. it's not about what the world says is successful or the measure of success or your influence mm-hmm. that's it well you know Jesus said I only do what I see the Father doing and um, when you look at His life. Um, he went from place of prayer to place of prayer and did miracles in between, someone has said. And, you know, we look at his life and it was so impactful and it was so inspiring. But he he took time to be alone with his father. And I'm just wondering, come to come back full circle to this Mary Hart, Martha World idea, if we would just take time each day to sit at his feet and to be filled with his love and his wisdom, um, to, to be healed and to be brought forth out of our tombs, and then just as we go through our day, to be so filled that we're able to be filled, but it's not our wisdom, it's not our, um, you know, our talents and gifts, it's his life being spilled out of us. I think when we came toward the end of our life, God would say, now that is a life that had impact, not mm-hmm. because of what they did out of their own strength, but because they took time to just be with me. And, and to hear what I would have them do and to be led by my spirit. Um, you know, so many times I think we want to know what God's will is. Oh, I've got to do God's will. I've got to do God's will. Well, the reality is, is if I'm in God's will at this moment and I seek to be in his will at the next moment, if I'm just being led by the spirit hand in hand walking with Jesus through my ordinary days, I'm going to end up in God's will. That's, that's, that's a given because he'll take me where he he wants me to be. I won't have to figure out how to get there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I want to go to a thing. We only have a, just a couple of minutes left, but we're talking about this whole thing of, you know, being and what you're just saying and impact. And 
Patty and I are all about, you know, relational leadership and relationships and connecting and through our relationships, doing, doing it together even. And, and then, you know, our relationship with Jesus. And when you're doing with, with Lazarus, you know, Lazarus was called a friend of God, you know, to be really a friend of God. And a lot of times we don't see Jesus as our friend and what a sweet, what a sweet relationship and role that is to see Jesus really as our friend because if we really have like you know the best friend they they really have our back they are our cheerleader and seeing Jesus in that way can you just in the couple minutes we have left just describe what it really means to be a friend of God Mm, well I obviously don't know completely what that means and I certainly have not attained to it but you know I mean my best friends are the ones who just are there who listen to my hopes and my dreams, who um, encourage me, who cheer me on. And I'm just wondering if, if I was more interested in what Jesus thought rather than what I thought, if I was more interested in making his dreams come true rather than getting mine to be fulfilled. Um, I, I guess I, here's the bottom line. I've always prayed that my heart would be a Bethlehem, that Jesus would be born afresh and anew every day. But more and more I'm asking that my heart would be a Bethany, that it would be a safe place for Jesus to lay his head. Over and over through Scripture we see Jesus returning to Bethany and most likely, I believe, to the home of these two sisters where he felt loved, he felt welcomed. He was a man without a home. He had no place to lay his head, the Bible says, and yet he found these two sisters and Lazarus uh, a place where he could just be himself without always ministering, without giving out. And I'm wondering if I could be that kind of haven. I know that sounds strange, but Mm -hmm. I just don't want my life to be about what I can get from God as much as just that God, I'm a safe place. Mm -hmm. That um, I'm a woman he can trust with his reputation and his name. Um, That I'm not wandering off, but that my heart is after him as best as I can each and every day. That's a huge commitment when you say, you know, we're, we, we represent Jesus and we don't want to mess up yeah. his reputation. And if you really take that to heart and you're serious about that, you, you have to be so aware of every single action and every single thing that, especially in parenting. <laughs> yeah. Well, honestly, that's, that's why we have to come back to that intimate time with him each day. And again, not perfection, but but listen, I, I can clean up the outside, but there is very little I can do about the condition of my heart. I need my Savior each and every day, and I've got to come clean. I've got to walk in repentance and obedience. I've got to, I've got to come to him and say, oh, Lord, this anger, I don't know where it's coming from, but you've got to help me. Lord, I don't know how to parent um, my one child because he's just so different from me. You know, we need God, and, and again, comes right back relationship and getting in touch with him. You know, I've come to believe this. Um, My job is obedience, and when I don't obey, my job is repentance. And then my job is obedience, and when I don't obey, then my job is repentance. And basically, if I'll just stay connected to the vine and tend that connection with obedience and repentance, fruit is going to happen. It won't be fruit that I force. It'll be fruit that comes out of his life flowing through my life. And I know that sounds overly simplistic, but I'm really coming to believe that that's my only responsibility is to tend to my relationship to him. 
Mm. And that's a neat challenge as we go into, because we just have a couple minutes uh, for break. And I, I specifically needed to hear this as I was getting a 12-year-old ready today for her. She had a big choir event, and I had to do her hair four different times. Um, <laughs> and, and the fourth yes. one, she came back into my room with a handful of bobby pins because now we were going to start all over. You, you're just done. And so that that's a that's a good challenge, and um, we just need to to get back to that. Well, you know, just again, we just want to thank you so much for just joining our show and sharing. You have said so many like golden nuggets mm-hmm. that we have been typing and, and get out there, and just so many deep concepts. I even wanted the whole thing you just said about Bethlehem and Bethany. What a great analogy. And I, I've been to both those places and, and it's just like, okay, it takes mm-hmm. you there. And, but even your heart going there and what does that mean? And the whole, you know, Lazarus awakening, the concept of awakening, just thank you for being obedient to what God is calling you to do and, and just your writing and your research and, and just being transparent with your heart. Um, we just have about less than two minutes. We have so many pastor's wives that are listening to our show. What is one thing you would encourage them with as we leave on this whole thing of, of being rather than doing? Because as you know, it's a unique role. And even just women in ministry leading, how would you just send us off? And how can women find you? Oh, you bet. Well, um, I'd love to connect through Facebook. My page is facebook.com forward slash becoming his. You can also email me straight to Joanna Weaver at hotmail.com, and I'd love to hear from. I love pastors' wives. And, um, you know, bottom line, I I kept asking God for, uh, would you broaden my ministry? And and I realized, you know what, unless I deepen the message, unless I let his life become my life, you broaden my ministry and all you're going to get is me. I want to go deep in the Word of God. I want to go deep in my time with Him. But also, I would just encourage you, ask God for His heart for your people. You know, it's hard. Sometimes we get hurt. We tend to pull back. We tend to kind of build a tomb and just say, you stay there and I'll stay here and we'll just hold on till Jesus comes. But we've, called, we've been called to love God and love people. And um, that's only possible as we get our heart transplant from Him. And so I guess that's the thing I, I would encourage. Don't try to do it in your own strength. Access the strength that God has for you and the love he wants to give you so that when you love, it's actually God loving your people through you. Well, thank you, Joanna, so much. You know, God is calling each of us forward to live with purpose and passion for him. Embrace the journey. Thanks for joining our show and have a great day. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriended, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's 